Welcome back to Inside the Daily Press. My name is Matthew Hall. I'm the editor here. Uh, let's jump right in with what you need to know for your week, um, starting with what happened last week. So depending on how much you care about city council, this may or may not be the most interesting item of the week. But stick with us because this has some very real implications beyond what you might first think. So what happened last week? We had, for the first time ever, a council meeting that failed to conduct its agendized business. And it failed to do so because a majority of council members chose to end the meeting rather than continue with the business at hand. Now, why did they choose to do that? Let's back up a little bit even more. Prior to the meeting, two council members, Phil Brock and Lana Negrete, had put an item on the, on the agenda to have a discussion about noise. They want to tighten the noise ordinance and prohibit noise late in the evening and early in the morning with some other ancillary items related to how you test for noise and record it and stuff on the promenade. But that first item, late at night and early in the morning, was seen as, and indeed mostly was, an effort to rein in noise associated with labor protests. Unite Here Local 11 is protesting several local hotels. They do so starting quite early in the morning, and some of the noise associated with that, whether it's cars honking or loudspeakers or drums, wakes up neighbors who live near those hotels and makes it impossible for them to enjoy their apartments in peace and quiet because there is a labor protest occurring near them. So council members wanted to talk about ways to rein that in. That understandably brought out the union in force. The union was very, very opposed to this measure and brought somewhere between 40 and 50 people to the meeting to talk about it and protest that potential discussion. Now, it wasn't a vote. It was just a potential discussion at the at the council meeting. However, by the time that agenda item came up, the meeting had already been going for about five hours. And then Phil, Councilman Phil Brock, tried to alleviate the concerns. He tried to, to make a motion that would have removed the controversial item from the agenda. And in his mind, that would have prevented the union from needing to comment. He wanted to make the meeting shorter. However, the way he pulled the item and the peculiarities of it didn't satisfy the union. They all, all those members still wanted to speak and they wanted to criticize Phil and Lana and they wanted to protest the, the idea that their protests might have to be quieter overnight and in the morning hours. Now that created this 40 person line of public speakers. And as they started to speak, the council members who were opposed to this notion, or we should say the council members who wanted the noise ordinance to rediscussed, raised the procedural point because the union members were not focusing their discussion on the noise ordinance. The union members were focusing their discussion on their labor protest and their, their labor dispute with the hotels. Some of them mentioned the noise ordinance, some of them didn't. And so we ended up with a procedural fight whereby people who are talking about stuff are supposed to talk about stuff that's on the agenda. That's what's supposed to happen. This, this turned into very personal bickering between the council members. Ultimately, the union members were all allowed to speak, but that upset at least a majority of the council who felt that the way the public comments had been handled were politicized and unfair. So... City Council has a new rule, relatively new, started last year, that says if your meeting's going to go past 11 p.m., you have to vote. You have to have a majority vote to go past 11 p.m. So this noise debacle happened. It angered the union. 
People came up and spoke. Some people didn't want them to speak. Some people wanted them to speak on different items. Some people wanted them to speak on everything. This whole thing happens. And then we're at 11 o'clock and no meaningful item has yet to be discussed. None of the council's regularly scheduled business has been discussed. So there's a vote and it fails, fails four to three. Four council members vote to end the meeting at 11 p.m. And that was Phil Brock, Juan Negrete, Oscar De La Torre, and Christine Parra. The folks who wanted to continue were Carolyn Tarosis, Jesse Zwick, and Gleam Davis. But that's it, it's a majority rules. Four said end the meeting, the meeting ended. So now all of those items are gonna be rolled over to the next council meeting, probably, potentially most of them will be, but there's going to be a knock-on effect. There's going to be dominoes that fall. There's going to be stuff from the 26th meeting that's going to get moved and then moved and then moved. But what you should care about, why you should listen to this, why you should have an, imp- uh, a, an opinion on this, is this foreshadows the deeply personal and divisive election that we're about to roll into. That 4-3 vote is going to be a 4-3 vote on a lot of council items. And this is going to be kind of how our politics work locally, at least through November of next year. So... Interesting. It'll have future imp- implications, but maybe maybe not the most interesting thing for you as readers, but we'll see. But what you should care about, other items that are on the agenda, or we shouldn't say on their agenda, on our agenda to talk to you about, are traffic. Everyone cares about traffic. Everyone should care about traffic and parking. If you drive on Wilshire Boulevard recently, you'll have seen it's different. So what the city's done is implement some changes to the way specifically the side streets work as they hit Wilshire Boulevard. So if you're a side street, think one of the numbered streets, and you hit Wilshire, you can no longer make a left onto Wilshire. What they've done is they've put in some stuff to facilitate pedestrian crossings, make it easier for people walking across the street, and they put in some bollards that will force you to make a right turn only unless unless you're a signaled intersection, unless you've got a, got a, a traffic light so you can make a controlled left. This is because these left turns accounted for a you know tiny percent of total traffic but a huge percent of actual accidents and injuries so Wilshire's getting this redesign harder to make a left onto the street Um, it's also been repaved and some of the bus stations have been moved so some of the parking has been altered on the street so you'll definitely notice changed conditions along Wilshire again to facilitate pedestrian crossings and reduce traffic accidents um, sticking on our hard news theme for a minute, you know, as we roll into October, there's going to be some changes to the way bail works in Los Angeles County. Um, cash bail is a hugely controversial subject nowadays. There's been some lawsuits over it. The system is changing here locally. Um, what's going to happen is most criminals and most low-level suspects are not going to be subject to cash bail anymore. They're going to be given citations and released on the spot and told to come back at a later date. That's going to be how it works for most things. Now, serious crimes, things that involve uh, personal safety or are particularly egregious, those guys are still going to be arrested and still have to go through a cash bail system. The other thing about this system is repeat offenders are not going to be subject for cite and release options on their second offenses. So if you commit some sort of petty theft, you get cited and released, they pick you up again for some sort of similar action, you, you're probably going to have to face a cash bail at that point. Um, these rules are countywide. It's going to impact everybody. It's going to go into effect on October 1st. 
So we will we will be seeing how that pans out, both in terms of jail populations and recidivism rates and, and you know repeat offenders. We won't have any data on that initially. It's going to take a while. But starting October 1st, new bail system. Um, switching gears. Switch gears pretty radically. Talk about some of the, I guess, good news, more fun stuff, things that are more interesting. Um, pickleball, hugely popular in Santa Monica, as it is everywhere. Um, we had a story in our paper last week about the unprecedented popularity of pickleball. And the way that it's changing some of the local economy. Um, we've got three dedicated pickleball places in Santa Monica. Um, they are, one of them's a little bit further out of downtown, but two are in downtown. We have uh, Pickle Pop, which is an indoor pickleball facility on the promenade. And we have Pickle Town, which is also an indoor facility, although they're on Lincoln. And they have the Pickleball Center, um, which is a little bit further up by um, Douglas Park. And so that's that's a little bit of a different different area, but there's also a pickleball court there. And so these are people who are investing in the notion that pickleball is here to stay and is going to be a cultural lifestyles phenomenon as much as it is an exercise activity. So in particular, Pickle Pop is operating. It's got some food. It's got drinks. It's got a lounge element to it. Think about what you and your friends might have done once upon a time at a bowling alley or a pool hall, but the activity is pickleball. That's what they're trying to do. And they're right on the promenade. So that's kind of an interesting approach to trying to revitalize the promenade and make it a little more interesting for folks. And the last thing you might want to know this week, coming up this weekend, there's a big beach cleanup. Heal the Bay's organizing it. This is the big, big, big event of the year. Thousands of people come out. You know, tens of thousands of pounds of trash are removed from all over the coast. It's going to be a big deal. You're going to see people all up and down our local coast cleaning up the area. Um, if you guys are interested in that, if you want to participate, you can hit up Heal the Bay's website. They will have all the information for you. But if you want any more information on this story or any of the things I mentioned in this podcast, just go to our website, smdp.com. You'll find all of our stories there. Sign up for our newsletter. Get them into your email box every day. Or if you're old-fashioned, feel free to run out to a newspaper box or rack and pick up a physical edition of the paper. So thanks for listening, and we will return later this week with some more info for you.